Hello, and welcome to Giggles and Gays, the podcast where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. I'm Larry. I'm Jeff, and I'm burdened with glorious purpose. And I'm Alan. I'm burdened with bad gas. And we're gay! we're gay! gay. (laughs) I had to throw my low-key quote in there. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Thanks. Usually usually we have titles, but you didn't do a title, so I just had to keep it going. We don't usually do titles. The last, like, three episodes we did. I know, but I've just been throwing it in there for funsies. I know, so I We also had an entire month where we did them every time. So I threw it in for funsies. And Larry's introducing the episode this time, so let him have his... I am. Let him feel his oats. I am. I just did my part in the intro. Go ahead, babe. Fill your oats. Welcome to to Larry's intro corner. (laughs) So this week is the last week of Pride Month. It's been a very proud month. It's been very prideful. I hope all of you have had fun celebrations. I hope maybe you've just kind of learned more about uh, LGBTQ history. Maybe you've kind of done some self-discovery. Maybe you just had a great month. Maybe it's just been June for you. But either way, we're hoping that it's been a wonderful time. And speaking of people who have come out and discovered themselves, our Man Crush Monday this week is Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders, who recently came out, came out as gay, being the one of uh, the first current NFL players to do so. So congrats to you, Carl Nassib. Now there's a reason to watch football again. <laughs> I like how my biggest problem with not problem, but my biggest thing about all this was that they're the Las Vegas Raiders. Now. No, I agree, I agree, but that is not the point of Man Crush Monday. The point of Man Crush Monday is looking at attractive men for Man Crush Monday, or women. Well, we haven't had very many of them, but there have been women. They have happened. That's true. There has been women. I'm about to hit this red button, and I'm stopping myself. Oh, good. Oh, good. That would be a. But he's also a very attractive man, I have to admit. He's a very attractive... Um, I will watch football to... To watch him? To watch him. Because <laughs> he's a tight end, right? He's a defensive end. You he wish gets he in was, on the you action. Wish he, he was, was an end, t- though. That's wish all, him, that, that's all that really the, matters. Yeah, you wish he was the tight end, though. Ooh. Anyway. But yeah, so congrats on coming out. And I hope that this makes other... Two things. I hope it shows so many LGBTQ people, specifically gay men and gay teens and things who are like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't go out for football because I'm gay or vice versa. Like, because I play football, like I shouldn't come out. Like, I I hope that kind of creates a conversation, even if it's just an internal one. But congrats on you for coming out, for living your true life. Yay, congrats. Unrelated note, apparently the day after his announcement, he has the most sold pride, the most sold football jersey uh, on Fanatics or something, the the jersey people. um, What's his jersey number? I don't know. I'm going to look up what his jersey number is. Hopefully, I didn't do very of, much research for your man I'm just Hopefully, kidding. it's kind of funny and ironic. <laughs> that would be great. What was his name again? <laughs> Tom Holland. Were, I just told you. Weren't you listening? 
Wow. Okay. Okay. See, here's the all thing. Right, all right. So that would be uh, funny uh, if it, <laughs> if you didn't do the same thing twice in a row. Right. So so guys, moving on. <laughs> I mentioned one thing. Moving on. <laughs> I mentioned. No, it's kind of funny. So I we were talking about the episode. So I said one thing, and then like two minutes later, Larry asked a question about the one thing that I said. He did it to me too. And then I said something else. And Larry asked a question about that also. He, he did it to me, too. So the funny thing is, though, that Jeff asked all those questions before I did. Huh? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I, I answered them for the first time. And then I then you asked them, and I answered them for the more, second time. It was more part of our conversation. We were having a conversation about it that you were supposed to be involved in. Anyways, we are not going to continue this. But what was his last name? Nasib. N A S S I B. Probably could have just Googled gay Raiders player. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go It's okay, Larry. I'm not throwing you under the bus this time. But we did not demote you. 94. That's a boring number. Should have been 69. <laughs> One day. He did pledge $100,000 to an organization. To the Trevor Project. That's plenty. so awesome. He has plenty of money to do it, probably. Yeah. But, friends, so moving on to what's next, uh, we're going to be doing rankings. And currently, we're going to be doing some rankings of the out and proud celebrities that we made a list of. So, here we go. Uh, these are the celebrities that we are going to rank. Zachary Quinto. Neil Patrick Harris. Matt Bomer. Adam Lambert. Cheyenne Jackson, Ricky Martin, Lance Bass, Brandon Urie, Wentworth Miller, and Anderson Cooper. So those are who we're going to rank from top to bottoms. Ooh. All right. So who are we doing our own? How do we want to do this this time, We should boys? probably do it as a group one. Who just typed in a one? I did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're sharing a note, and all of a sudden I just see things popping up in it. We should probably do it as a group, because this one's a little... Okay. Like, well, I think this one's a little less intense than us doing, like, Tom Holland we know was going to be first, so... But he wasn't, though. No, like, last week. But he wasn't, though. Or two weeks ago. All right, we, so who do we put as number one? Who do you think? My personal... Oh, that's a good one. My personal favorite out of all of them would probably be Cheyenne Jackson. Because I saw him on the Tonys for the first time when he was in Xanadu. And he was in short shorts and a tank top and had legs that he could crush my face with. Yikes. Larry, who were you thinking? You know, looking through all of them... Were you paying attention to anything we just said? Yes, <laughs> I was. Um, Babe, I'm not on the list, so you can't put me as number one. I know, and that's why I'm having such a hard time. <laughs> um, You're not a celebrity yet. Honestly, I'd probably pick maybe Ricky Martin for the first oh, one. Oh, shit, now, we're, <laughs> now we, maybe we should just make our own. Let's make our own. I'm using the note. No <sighs> one else use it. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
please hold while we make our own. I was going to say, do, 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 we, well, because we all have very different tastes in celebrities. Do, do, I don't think we've come on a consensus of any ranking list we've we've done. We did one together. We did the princes together. Yeah, but that also included their character. We're being very shallow this time. I mean, I did pick them, so... Most of them. And I am adding my own numbers, so don't bother me. <laughs> Jeff, do you have any do you have any say on any of these or are you just gonna I'm just gonna wing it. Are you really? You know I don't know half I didn't know who half of them were before. I know, but this Well is... actually that's a lie. I knew who they were. I just didn't know their names. At this point, this is a very superficial list. I think uh, you can probably figure out who my top one would be. Uh, probably not. Sorry. I mean, Anderson I Cooper? I did contribute. Oh, I guess I contributed two people's names Whitworth to the list. Wentworth Miller? I did two people to the list, so... <laughs> who, who is your number one? Go ahead, say it. We've all we'll said fi- ours. I guess we'll find... Oh, um, it, it was between... It's between Zachary Quinto and Wentworth Miller. Oh. Those are my nine and ten. I know. I don't know if you saw that. I know. I know. But those are the ones that, like... On the list, I know. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay, so who wants to go first with their full list? Jeff. Not me. What is your full list? Not me. Um, I'm going to go with Wentworth, then Zachary. Then I'll go with uh, probably Lance. I'll go with Lance. One of my three. He's going to be a daddy. No, I mean like he is. Like he's going. He, him and his, him, him and his husband, husband are having kids. Lance. Oh. And then uh, the Jackson person. And but then, just wait till I show you this video, though. You'll be like, what? And then uh, <laughs> probably the Matt Boomer. 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 And then. Um, now, friends, I just want to go ahead and put a PSA out there. Jeff is gay. Brandon Yuri, Was that six? <clears throat> and then I guess Neil Patrick Harris, Adam Lambert. Oh, Ricky should have been higher. Oh, no, Ricky. And then Anderson Cooper's an old person. I don't like old people. No. Actually, he's only like in his 40s. Yeah, but he looks old because he's got white hair. Because he has gray hair. He went gray hair like a long time ago. It's white now. I mean, white, I mean. But anyway. Babe, do you want to go next? Yes. Okay. So, I just have to drag this name over to where it needs to be. Okay. So, my list goes Ricky Martin first, then Brendan Urie, then Adam Lambert, then Cheyenne Jackson, then Lance Bass, right right in the middle, then Matt Bomer, then Wentworth Miller, then Neil Patrick Harris, and Anderson Cooper, and last but not least... Zachary Quinto. I mean, that's not terrible. That's a good list. The point of putting him on the list if no one likes him. He was the first one on the list that I saw. Well, I mean, Jeff, you had him up pretty high, right? And he was number two. Because oh. those are the two people I knew off the top of my head on the list. So for me, Zachary Quinto was number ten. Are you going backwards? Going Why backwards. do you always go backwards? I don't know. It's, it's just build more the drama. drama. Wentworth Miller is number nine. Um, Anderson Cooper is number eight, so yes, I put him a little bit lower. 
Um, number seven was Rookie Martin, because I don't like the way he looks currently. I don't like the bleach blonde beard. Not good. Not a good look. Adam <laughs> Lambert is number six. Now Patrick Harris is number five. Um, but he does smell good. He does have nice suits. Uh, what was my five four? Yeah. Matt Bomer was number four. I was like, where was I? Number three is Brandon Yuri because I liked him in Kinky Boots. He's got a good voice. Lance Bass is number two, and number one is Cheyenne Jackson. Not, not that you didn't know. What that if I had just read the list? Like, is my order? I mean, <laughs> no one else would have known until you called me out on it. I wouldn't have called you out on it. I might have forgot. But yeah, so th- I know that was a really quick rank. But you know, those are—they're very out and they're very proud and they're very gay. Uh, so, and we're glad for each. And we're every glad for each and every one of them. Really sorry that most of you had to come out in a magazine, which sucks. But. Yeah. What are you going to do? So what's next, boys? I believe next we're reviewing one of Disney's newest films, Cruella. Does this mean what I think it means? I think it does mean what I think it means. We're going to talk about the movie? No, it's time for Larry's Recap Corner. Larry's Recap Corner! So for those of you who don't want to be spoiled on the... Plot. No, uh, why do I want to say prologue? It's not a prologue. It's a prequel. Prequel to 101 Dalmatians. A prequel in an alternate universe to 101 Dalmatians. Because it doesn't necessarily lead into the actual 101 Dalmatians. No, because it takes place 10 years after. Yet. He just said it takes place 10 years after. What do you mean? Why does it take place 10 years after? Because 101 Dalmatians, the Disney animated film, takes place in the mid-50s. But Cruella takes place in the 60s and early 70s. We looked it up at work. We were very curious. But then she isn't a Cruella in an alternate universe. No, yes. no, she is. But like the like this, the whole timeline for the films is 10 years later. That's why it says it's an alternate universe, Cruella. So, like, the 101 Dalmatians in this would take place in the mid-70s to a early... Mid to late 70s. Instead of the late 50s. Okay. So it's not really a prequel. It's not really an origin story. It's an origin story to an alternate Cruella. It's a movie. I don't know why. I cannot... We'll we'll discuss wrap my time. head around that today. You know what? We'll look up the um like when it's about when the two films. No, are I understand. I understand, but like you saying that it's ten years later, to me makes me think that the one hundred one Dalmatians came before Cruella. Oh no, I described it poorly. I mean, it did. <laughs> Anyways, let's. The movie look. takes place ten years after the animated film movie. Well, no, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. No, I, I'm good. Let, let, let's go. Well, All not. right. Time for Larry's Recap Corner. You can't introduce your own Recap Corner. I can, because I'm Larry's Recap Corner. Guys, he's aggressive now that you called him out earlier. So today, I'm going... So if you don't want spoilers, because I am reading all of the plot off. Uh, so if you don't want spoilers, don't listen to this next bit. So the plot... 
Estella Miller is a creative child with a talent for fashion, but has a cruel streak, leading her mother, Catherine, to nickname her Cruella. Due to Estella's rebellious nature, Catherine pulls her daughter away from school and plans to move to London. On the way there, she stops at a party hosted by a wealthy Baroness von Hellman to ask for financial assistance. Estella witnesses her mother being pushed off a cliff to her death by the Baroness's ferocious Dalmatians. You heard that right. That is what I just said. Orphaned, Estella makes her way to London and befriends two street urchins named Jasper and Horace. To go to unnoticed, she dyes her hair, her black and white hair, red. Ten years later, Estella is making ends meet along Jasper and Horace's thieves while owning her fashion skills by designing their disguises. For her birthday, Jasper and Horace get her a job as a cleaner at the Liberty Department store. Drunken Estella make, remakes one of the window displays and lands a coveted job with the Baroness, who is renowned but uh, who's who is a renowned but authoritarian haute, haute couture designer. Estella gains the Baroness's confidence, but eventually notices her boss wearing a necklace that once belonged to Catherine. After the Baroness claims an employee had previously stolen it, Estella asks Jasper and Horace to retrieve the necklace. Estella, under the guise of Cruella and wearing her natural hair color, crashes one of the Baroness's parties to steal the necklace. When the Baroness uses a whistle to command her dominations, Estella realizes that she used the same whistle to direct her dogs to murder Catherine. Seeking revenge for her mother's death, Estella taunts the Baroness by appearing at her gatherings and upstaging her as Cruella in flamboyant outfits designing, designed with the help of a vintage clothing store owner named Artie. Her antics gain publicity through her childhood friend Anita, a gossip columnist. Corella's haughty and arrogant behavior increasingly angers Jasper and Horace, as well as the Baroness, who fires her lawyer, Roger, for failing to stop Corella. Estella also kidnaps the Baroness's Dalmatians after one of them accidentally swallows her mother's necklace. Estella establishes the Baroness's Spring Collection show and stages her own show in Regent Park. Having deduced that Estella and Corella are one and the same, the Baroness has Jasper and Horace arrested and ties up Estella, leaving her to die in a fire. Estella is rescued by the Baroness's valet, John, who reveals the necklace as a key to, to a box containing Estella's birth records. She discovers that the Baroness is her biological mother and ordered John to have the infant Estella killed so she could focus solely on her career. John instead gave the baby to Catherine, one of the Baroness's maids, who raised Estella in secret. Estella is angered by Catherine's deception, but eventually makes peace with the truth in an effort to complete her vengeance, adopting the name Cruella for good. Cruella breaks Jasper and Horace out of jail, recruiting them for, from and Artie for their final scheme. They sneak into the Baroness's charity Calada, where Cruella, dressed as Estella, reveals that, to the Baroness that she is her abandoned daughter. The Baroness pretends to show remorse for her actions and asks to hug her before pushing her over a cliff, unaware her guests have been led outside and witnessed the event. Cruella survives the fall using a parachute built into her clothing and discards her Estella disguise before returning to witness the Baroness being arrested. Having adopted the last name DeVille, inspired by her stolen panther DeVille, uh, Cruella inherits Hellman Hall, shortening it to Hell Hall, as its rightful biological heir. In a mid-credit scene, Cruella de delivers two Dalmatian puppies named Pongo and Perdita to Roger and Anita, respectively. Now working as a songwriter, Roger begins composing the song Cruella Deville. That was longer than the Star Wars ones. That was longer than the movie. <laughs> so, and it's funny because watching the movie, I remembered all of the bits, but reading it out loud, I'm like, okay, I, I felt like stopping for more than the one spot to be like, okay, so you had to be there because most of it just sounds wildly like non-conducive for a film, but in the spirit of the film, it worked out well. It was a very campy romp through fashion and music i think the fashion and the soundtrack were some of the best parts of it like everything was fun but like reading the plot out loud the plot is very far-fetched what i thought the movie was great um i thought the fashion was wonderful um i thought the music was wonderful 
I was very surprised at how well Emma Redhead Emma did. I wanted to say Emma Thompson, but that was that's the other one. Emma Stone. Stone. Yes, it's Emma Stone. I I was very surprised at how well she did because I know she was very in, integral in getting this made because she very much wanted it. I absolutely freaking loved Emma Thompson. I thought she was wonderful. Um, a lot of the things that I thought, a lot of the things that she did were really cool. I read an article that she's like, this is the most I've had as far as wardrobe changes in my entire career. And I am in love with it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. All I the outfits were so pretty. Very, very much high fashion. Very much like a lot of people wouldn't call it this but i definitely call this i would say they were definitely they were definitely in lady drag which i thought was really awesome i was just thinking that absolutely yeah i thought it was really cool bring it to the runway runway every single scene with her and it was wonderful what did you think jeff i mean we all saw it together it was our first outing in a real theater since forever yeah, it's it was the, the seats were really funny. I have to, I have to say, your squeaky seat, my squeaky seat. Every time I would move, like, but then you could also you started hearing other people in the theater. You were like, well, oh. the seats probably haven't been oiled in over a year. So, oh. like the scene where where Corella is crying and it's a big dramatic monologue, and then just in the middle of the silence, all we hear is. I also had just like shaved my one of my legs. Actually, I shaved both of them. Let's just be honest. Shaved both of them, so like my leg was squeaking across the <laughs> across the seat. It was real funny. The music was bumping. Oh, the soundtrack was amazing. Oh my god, so good. They did a good soundtrack. I'm the worst when it comes to movies, though, because and Patrick hates watching movies with me because I'll figure out what's ha- like the big plot twist. Between I do it the same thing when I'm reading a book. I figure out what's going to happen before it happens. And if you watch the movie, at the beginning of the movie when her mom's talking to um, the bad lady. I can't remember her name right now. I know we just said it, but I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening closely to the dialogue, she says, I won't tell anybody if you give me the money or anything like that. And as soon as she said that, I knew Corella was her daughter. And it was oh. just like... Like, I knew that was going to come in the end, you know? Yeah. Like, I saw that coming all the way. And Patrick's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. Just wa- rewatch the beginning of the movie, and you can tell. But it was still fun. I will say in the middle of it, when there wasn't too much going on, I got a little bored. But maybe that's just because I knew, like, I had already figured out what was going to come. Because if you don't figure it out, it's kind of like a, huh, really? But, How are we going to get from A to B? Yeah, but, like, I don't know. But the music kept me going. And then it picked up again. But I don't know if I was tired or what, but it took me, I kid you not, it took me until the end of the movie to go, oh, because Larry was sitting next to me. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> it took me a while. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. No, it just, it just that one scene where she's talking, because they try and muffle the dialogue because the storm, I think there was a storm going on too, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Outside. Yeah. There was a storm or something happening outside. But I'm sure if there was subtitles, it would have shown that. Yeah. Because it was very, like... Or... The, no, there wasn't a storm. It was... Uh, they were standing far away, and she was standing in the bushes listening in. Uh-huh. So it was, like, qui- like quieter talking. And you never see the Baroness's face... Baroness, that's who it is. The Baroness's face when they're talking. Uh-huh. But I, I was just like, oh, she wants money to cover up the daughter thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. 
Well, let's see how this goes. But it was fun. It was a good movie. I have nothing against it. I haven't heard anyone really talk anything bad about it unless they're just dumb. I, I've, I've heard a <laughs> lot of... Um, I, and, and to my great pleasure, a lot of people uh, kind of tearing the plot around a little bit. Because, admittedly, the plot is a little funny. Like I know, well, yeah. like I know they weren't going for a big serious film or anything, but uh, they're like that's they should do another one for Gaston, where his mother gets pinned by a by a very large dresser and he can't he's too weak to to pick it off of her, and at the, with her last breath she says, "If only you were roughly as large as a barge." I mean, Gaston's getting a Disney Plus. series. He's getting a whole series. Yeah. So. See, we could see that. We could see that in the prologue. And that's why he hates books and being weak. I mean, like, I just thought it was... When, I know, when her mom got yeeted off the cliff, though, I was like, damn. I was like, damn. Because <laughs> initially, dogs. Yes. I thought they were going to attack her because Dalmatians are not necessarily known for being friendly dogs. I didn't think they were going to push her. They yeeted her off. Well, I think they were going to attack her, but when they hit her, she was right next to the edge. And Disney decided... To eat her off the Maybe edge. Maybe we shouldn't have beloved pets. No, any good Disney movie starts with a parent dying. Oh, no, Even I was a thinking. fake parent. You can't have a Disney movie without it. I mean, I don't know. I think that they... They did a lot of... They didn't really care about the plot because they knew they wanted to put it in the 60s. Because anything earlier than that would have been boring. I personally think. Like, I think that's why they moved it to the 60s, 70s. Because any other era before that would have, would not have been great for fashion, would not have been good for a lot of things. And I just, I, I get it. Um, but, like, yes, when we were talking, alternate universe totally makes sense. So, like, that's fine. Because the dogs are siblings instead of... Um, Husband and wife. Ew! You just noticed that? <gasps> yes! <laughs> Yeah, Pongo and... Uh, Perdita. Yeah. They are siblings at the end of this movie. In my head, I'm just imagining that she had a couple litters from different dogs. And but I also I don't understand why she loved Salvation so much in this movie. Because that wouldn't be in Corella's... I guess she just wants to turn him into a coat. Which they made that joke so many times in the movie. Well, and they, they made it a faux plot point. They made her, they showed that People. she really didn't like the dogs, and then she came in a Dalmatian-style coat, and then uh, Emma Thompson's character was like, she skinned my dogs. But then she adopted them at the end. Yeah, and then they're just her dogs. So why would she want to... Maybe you Alternate need Universe than, Corella. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe it's you not, need more than three dogs to make a coat. 101. <laughs> she wanted an army of coats. Ready by next spring. With brother and sister. Maybe they do breed brother and sister to, you know, keep the line in. No. We're done with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. That could be a dog thing. We don't know. I mean, I guess we don't technically know their siblings. But it's like... But it's heavily inferred that they came from one litter. Yeah. Because only one dog was, like, pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Moving on. So... What do you guys think the rankings are on Rotten Tomatoes? I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it a garbage score because that's what they like to do. You mean the critics? 
The critics gave it a very poor score. I think audience score is going to be right in the middle. I would reverse it. I think audiences gave it a really poor score, and critics liked it. We need some numbers. Oh, how how is it done again? Percentage. Um, Critics gave it a 96%. Audience gave it a 65%. I'm going to say critics gave it a 45%, and audience gave it a 65%. What do you guys want first? Critics. Critics. 74. Oh, wow. Wow. 74%. They were very friendly. This is weird. And you're both very wrong. Oh, what's what's the next one? What's audience, audience. score? Does anybody want to do any final revisions? Audience you gave can't. it a 98. You can't, so it doesn't matter. You have to stick with what you got. You got a 97. Oh, so Sierra was wow. just close on my second one. On your second one? On the first one, you were way off. Why did you ask us if we couldn't do anything? Oh, I was just trying to give you hope. Wow. Okay, so I didn't think... Like, because I know it was well... Rev- like, I know a lot of people enjoyed watching it. But, <coughs> oh, like, I, just I thought for sure the general public it's on there. was going to be It's like, on the podcast huh? forever. Because generally what they do with the live-action Disney films is they're just kind of like... Mm. This isn't a remake. True. So they had nothing to go on, and they also just wanted to go into the theaters. Yeah, they had. This isn't a remake. This is a fresh story, fresh take. So technically, it's not like us criticizing Aladdin or Dumbo or The Lion King or anything like that. Can't wait to see Aladdin too. I wonder if Will Smith's going to be in it. It's not us criticizing them like that or Milan. I'm going to sneeze again. to criticize about Mulan. <laughs> Bless you, Jeff. <sighs> but we're not. You know, if people left comments on things or things, they would, you know, they could complain about you sneezing. But it's guess what? It's the first they time don't. I've ever sneezed twice on the podcast. But they don't. Anyway. So. But I, I get what you're saying where people are more critical of them, but I don't think there was anything to be critical about this because it's all fresh. Fair. Fair. They can't compare it to their nostalgia factor because mm-hmm. it was all new. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. And it's all live action, unlike The Lion King, which was not a live action film. But they still said it was a live action film. Live about that? It was all dead. We're not talking about Lion King. Mufasa was dead. Because he didn't land on all four. Oh my god! Done. But I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, Can't wait for the sequel, Cruella Two. I don't know. So that is one you of know they're gonna try. And, you know they're gonna try and make one. Yeah. They've already made a live action 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah, because no one can replace Glenn Close. Did they make us the second one into a live action? Yes, they yeah. did. Right. Yeah, it has 102 the 102 Dalmatians. 102 Dalmatians. Yeah. But. So out of ten, what rating would you? give We it? usually do it out of five, don't we? Sure. Out of five. I thought we did fives. Ten seems like a big number. <laughs> tens, tens, tens across the board. I'd give it a four. Are we doing out of five? Yeah. Four to five? Um, I'd, I'd give it a 4.65. <laughs> I would give it a four. A solid four. Because I, I would watch it. I would definitely watch it again. If, if only for the visuals and the music. But it was it was a fun movie. It was good. I agree. I agree more. We had a, I think we had a really good time that night too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeff has no idea what we're talking about, so. Is, is this a moving on moment? Moving on. So, uh, for each episode, I've been doing my best to come up with some uh, some pride stuff to talk about. So this time, I'm going to do some LGBT firsts of this century and last century. Just going to read some off, just some interesting firsts. You know, we, we tend not to think about every now and then. Um, let's see here. Oh, in 1924, the Society for Human Rights, first gay rights organization in the United States, the West Third, they also published Friendship and Freedom, the first American gay publication. And then, let's see here. There was a really interesting one. Did I just miss it? I did. Because I'm looking on the Wikipedia page, as I want to do for all of you college classes. Oh, that's what it was. In 1936, Mona's 440 Club, the first lesbian gay bar in America, opened in San Francisco. Mona's waitresses and female performers wore tuxedos, and patrons dressed their roles. Ooh, dressed as roles? With butter. <laughs> With butter. And smear. In Are 1945, Hein was the first known Dutch gay government minister... In 1947, Vice Versa was the first lesbian interest publication in the United States. <laughs> 1958, the first gay leather bar in the United States, the Gold Coast, opened in Chicago, 1958. Um, leather bar? Yeah, leather, the first. 1961, Jose Saria... Uh, first openly gay person run for public office in the United States in the San Francisco City County as a the San Francisco City County Supervisor. Um, let's see here, because there are a lot of firsts. Well, you do have to do something first in order to get on the list. You do. You do have first, to. but not the last. Could be the last. Depends on what it is. Yeah, that's true. So, Alan, how are you while we fill this silence? You know, doing pretty well. Uh, I know that Larry did a lot of work to try and find the a lot of the LGBTQ first. So I think I think it just takes a lot to go through some of the first. So while we're doing that, I'll go ahead and I'll do mine. Yeah, go ahead and do yours. I'll bring up some good ones. Um, so we can get that sorted out. So um, all this all this month, I have been trying my very best to point out some great LGBTQ organizations and things like that. Um, and the place that I work at, um, I asked my LGBT group there um, for suggestions and things like that. They gave a lot of great suggestions. One of those is the Trevor Project. Uh, which is a wonderful organization. They also gave one I thought was really interesting because we hadn't really talked about it before, which something very important, which is, of course, you know, LGBTQ health and things like that. Um, there's a place called Metro Inclusive Health, which is inclusive for anyone, but um, it definitely caters a lot to the LGBTQ community. So um, one of the things on their website, which is Metro Tampa Bay 
org is too inclusive and beyond and it just says we offer a hundred health and wellness services in a state-of-the-art sorry over a hundred health and wellness services in state-of-the-art setting and via telehealth for the most centralized approach to your health to for your health from primary and h hiv care to behavioral health and community program all are welcome find out of course how to use the normal insurance copay for your appointments and prescriptions um it's definitely in the tampa bay community area so that's really really cool um but they always uh they have something called copay it forward and um in 2020 insured patients help us provide thousands of dollars in services for un or underinsured just by using their normal copay services included health care counseling housing clothing and food service and um that has that was a uh, $485,163 they raised for that um so that's really awesome but again it is uh metrotampabay.org and it's um metro inclusive health so if you're in the tampa bay area if you listen to us first off hello hello hi how's there. it going um secondly check them out um if you need a primary care or anything like that they would definitely be there so all right well now we're gonna throw it back to larry uh, okay i found some good ones i mean they're all good but i've 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 found some highlights Lionel Blue, in 1980, became the first British rabbi to come out as gay. In 1981, Mary C. Morgan became the first openly gay or lesbian judge when she was appointed by California Governor Jerry Brown to the San Francisco Municipal Board. Man, Fran- San Francisco, coming out with all the gay stuff. Uh, in 1982, Chris Dickerson was the first openly gay professional bodybuilder to win the Mr. Olympia title. Um, 1983... Uh, Gary or Jerry Studs, first openly gay member of the United States House of Representatives. 1984, Chris Smith, first openly gay MP in the United Kingdom. 1985, Liverpool-based soap opera Brookside featured the first openly gay character on a British TV series. Uh, 1986, Becky Smith and Annie Alfleck became the first openly lesbian couple in America granted legal joint adoption of a child in 1986. Wow, that was one year before I was born. Damn, I'm old. Um, but not as old. No, I am. I was going to say, but not as old as Jeff is going to be. But it's not. I'm definitely going to be older forever. Mm-hmm. Jeff's In, 30th birthday is coming up, everybody. Don't forget. It's going to be so soon. Uh, 1990, Marcella DeFolco, world's first openly transgender person to be elected as, for an administrative role as municipal counselor in Bologna, Italy. Bologna! Bologna! Um, Althea Garrison was elected as the first transgender state legislator in America and served one term in the Massachusetts House of Representatives. When? 1992. Hey, that was the year I was born. And the Triangle Ball was held. It was the first inaugural ball in America to ever be held in honor of gays and lesbians. And then there's a lot of uh, especially as it goes on and it's better documented um, as the years go by there's lots of lots more firsts that are popping up on the list recommend checking it out now so a lot of people are like oh but Wikipedia it's it's they, they got sources you, you missed the up. most important one. Oh yeah what's the most important one in 2020 Giggles and Gaze was created yay for our well, very first episode yeah our first episode 
Okay, that's better. <laughs> now, also, if anyone didn't know, Rachel Levine is actually a transgender woman who is, um, she's one of the first transgender cabinet level people confirmed. So that was really awesome. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, she is um, HHS secretary, assistant HHS secretary. So that's really awesome. But yeah, so there's a lot of firsts, so many firsts, but uh, especially like personally, just like even just skimming through a very short list, it was surprising how many firsts happened so recently. Like the first like legally together LGBT couple to be able to adopt happened in the mid 80s, you know? I don't know. It's just something crazy to think about. I'm excited for when we're able to adopt. Yeah. So if anybody wants to help us adopt, let us know. <laughs> just like, um, on that note. Thanks so much for joining us this week, guys. <laughs> uh, you guys can email us and send money donations to them to adopt. No. Yes, yes. Send us information for that. Yeah. I get no, I said money donations no, specifically. Don't send us money. Then we our have cash to write app. Off on our, our cash app. Is. Do we have a cash app? No, we don't. Why would we have a cash app? cash app? I don't know. Well, I guess we do now. Um, you can email us at gigglesandgays at gmail.com. You can tweet us at gigglesandgays on Twitter. You can slide into those DMs. Giggles and gays! You can Facebook cash them money on our Facebook page at Giggles and Gays. And you guys can listen to this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Please like, review, rate it, all that good stuff. Five stars. Only five stars. All the stars. Just five. Let me get your five stars. Now, this episode will not come out before the 4th of July, so everyone, please have a safe 4th of July. We want you all to be able to tune in on the 5th. It'll cure all of your hangovers. Wait, hold on. This doesn't come out? When does it come out? This episode comes out. We will not get an episode out before the 4th. Oh, I was very confused. I was like, what? This episode comes out on the the 28th, and the next episode comes out on the 5th. Right, we so, may not have an episode on the fifth. So wish Jeff a preemptive. Why wouldn't we have an episode on the fifth? We may not be available to record an episode because we will all be drunk the whole week. Yes, I have you. I have a very busy week, sir. Sir, we have an episode to record. Sir, I have a very busy week getting all the food, getting everything ready for your birthday party, for, uh, barbecue that we're having on the for 4th of your July. birthday party, which is your thirtieth birthday. All party gigolos are invited to the Fourth of July barbecue party. No, no, There's you're only not. Five of them apparently. Do not come into my house on the fourth <laughs> unless you have been invited for Jeff's birthday. Fourth of July barbecue. Jeff's thirtieth birthday. Fourth three zero. Fourth of July barbecue. It is going to be Jeff's Fourth of July barbecue party. But post happy birthday on the Facebook page. Doubt it. <laughs> Even one will make me smile. I, well, then I'm not doing it. I didn't say you. Well, now I am not doing it. Now I am not doing it. I'll just be depressed on my birthday. That's okay. I'll be at Alan's party. There'll be plenty of food. Drinking a drink, crying. There will be no Fourth of July decorations. Wow, what kind of 4th of July party is that? It's, it's not. It's your birthday party. It's 4th of July barbecue! It's your birthday. I'm not going to continue arguing on this podcast. <laughs> so, well, friends, this has been Giggles and Gays. I'm Larry. 
I'm Alan with something that to do with gas. You just went right out of order. Oh, I didn't realize there was an order. So did I. No, you opened. No, because you opened. You, you closed. opened, and then it goes to me. <laughs> you and then open it goes, at the close. And then it goes to you. Anyway, I'm Jeff, burdened with glorious purpose. And you guys... Oh, I was burdened with really bad gas. Yes, you were. Oh, that's true. Sometimes they're really bad, too. You guys, this has been Giggles and Gaze. Like egg smell. Do I say that? Who says that? Do you usually You do. Say, no, I say keep calm and giggle on. No, you say... No, this is all you, bro. Do yeah. I don't want to say that? So usually what happens is I say, well, this has been Giggles and Gays. I'm Alan, Larry, Jeff. And you guys keep calming Giggle on. I Yeah, that's yeah. where I got thrown off because I don't, there's usually no, this is you don't re. You don't read. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, we switched it up apparently, guys, in yeah. case you haven't noticed and we can't handle it. It's true. <laughs> Guess we, I'm just going to have to go back and take the reins again. We can't handle this. But anyway, guys, I'm Jeff Burden with Glorious Purpose. And you guys... Keep calm. Oh, did you say yours? Well, technically you did. I did. I said because I'm burdened with really bad gas. And I said sometimes it smells like eggs. Sometimes it doesn't smell like eggs. Sometimes it's like a sausage Keep calm. Keep calming and giggle on, please. And be safe on the 4th of July. Yes. Happy birthday, Jeff. Bye. Bye. 30.